0: Hey friend, okay, this was one of those episodes that I felt really led to have a conversation with you about. I felt that God was really placing this episode on my heart and I'll be honest with you, it was one of those episodes where I was procrastinating over it massively because it was hugely taking me out of my comfort zone and forcing me to be a little bit vulnerable. But I thought, do you know what? it is important to have these hard conversations. It is important to be vulnerable And it is important for me to talk about hard things and it's important for us to have these conversations because they're conversations that have to happen. There are conversations that we should have more often because when we know that other people struggle with similar things to us then we don't feel so alone. So if this episode is for you and it really really speaks to you please feel free to reach out to me. You know where you can find me over on Instagram you can find me, you can drop me a message, you can look me up on Facebook, I really don't mind. I really love hearing from you, I love talking to you, I love hearing what's going on in your life, what you're up to, the struggles that you have, the challenges that you face and how we can go through this all together. Welcome to the Fit Productive Mum podcast. Are you fed up with having no time to work out and get healthy? Are you frustrated with what to eat and how to find a plan that you can stick with forever? Do you wish there was an easy way to work with your body to really transform your health from the inside out hey i'm sj and after 14 years of teaching i took the leap into the entrepreneur space so i know how hard it can be to grow a business while still being a present mummy and that your needs come and last leaving you feeling overwhelmed and exhausted In this podcast, I will give you the tools you need to reclaim your energy and time so you can finally love the life you're in. If you're ready to commit to making yourself a priority, then this is the podcast for you. I'm so excited to keep you accountable, be your coach, give you some tough love and laugh with you. Let's come together and make things happen. I don't know about you, but there are some things that we just really don't talk enough about. We don't talk enough about women's health and we also don't talk enough about mental health. So today I'm gonna share a bit of my story when it comes to my journey with anxiety, with depression, and then I'm also gonna finish off by sharing with you how I stay on top of it. The things that I have learned to help stay in control or on top of my anxiety, the depression, and just in the hope that these things are gonna help you. I will add a caveat, of course, I'm not a medical professional. And if you really are in a really unhappy place and you really feel like you are struggling, you definitely should be reaching out, getting some support, having a chat with your doctor, going and seeing, you know, like getting some sort of therapy, counselling, whatever it is. But I really hope that this episode might be the nudge, if this is you, that you need to take those steps, to have the confidence to take those steps and as I alluded to at the start of this episode, I really felt that this was one of those episodes that God had put on my heart. And whenever I have those, that nudge from him, it's normally because somebody else needs to hear this. And if that is you, I am thinking of you and I am praying for you that you have the courage to step out, step out. God is with you. You are not on your own. You can absolutely find the support and the help that you need. Okay, let's rewind a little bit. Now, I have always been a worrier. Are you a worrier? (laughs) Particularly when I was a teacher, I would be awake on a Sunday night, desperately trying to get to sleep. And in my head, I would be having all of the To do lists, all of the worries, worrying about my lessons, worrying about the children, worrying if I was, um, you know, getting enough work done, what I was going to eat, just so, so many things. And it it can hugely felt like hugely be overwhelming. And there were periods of time where that worry took over and the anxiety would turn into uh, panic attacks. And there was one occasion in particular where. I was driving home from school I'd had a really really stressful day at school I was driving I had a little white mini cooper at the time I was driving home in my little white mini and I just had a full on blown anxiety attack and I managed to get myself to the house but at that point I really really thought that I was having a heart attack and I wasn't (laughs) and I ended up um I didn't know at the time, but I actually ended up in an ambulance going to hospital because I thought that I was having a cardiac arrest. And when they got me into hospital and they put me on all the um, heart monitoring stuff, they realised that, you know, it, it was obvious that I wasn't having a heart attack, but I was really, really struggling to breathe. And it was really like a full on blown anxiety attack. And at the time, like the pain in my chest and the just Oh, the just not being able to breathe and that was kind of the real sort of turning point for me when I was starting to realise that I was really struggling with anxiety, that I wasn't happy with what I was doing and I just needed to sort of start taking a, taking better care of myself and this was a good few years before I left teaching And it was sort of part of those initial first steps where I started to realize that I was really struggling to look after myself. And it it sort of started this journey of learning about anxiety, learning about depression, and learning a, a lot more about mental health and how to look after myself. So before I had Chloe, because of these incidences, I knew that I was likely to struggle with my mental health when I became a mum like I knew that was really really likely I had some really good friends who had also been like in a similar position who had had children and they were really open and honest with me about the challenges that I could face so um I actually spoke to the doctor and the midwife prior to having Chloe about this and we put a plan in place and we we put it into my birth plan And one of the things that I put in place when it came to my birthing plan to protect my mental health was actually that I made the decision that I wasn't going to feed Chloe myself. I chose that I was going to bottle feed her and I put this into my birth plan. And I'm not here to have that conversation about, you know, what's right, what's wrong when it comes to breastfeeding. I just think you should make the choice. And I made this decision myself with the help of like the GP and also one of my really good friends whose husband is actually a GP as well and it was a decision that she had made herself too because she knew that she was going to struggle with her mental health when she had her her children and that was something that they spoke about and they talked about and I've you know like I said earlier I've got no feelings either way if you choose to breastfeed that's amazing if you choose not to Your choice. Um, I chose not to because I knew that I was going to need to sleep. I knew that sleep and trying (laughs) to get as much sleep was going to be really important for me to stay on track and stay on top of my mental health. And I struggled with the lack of sleep with Kirby when she was born, even though I wasn't breastfeeding because she was a newborn. I was having to, you know, get up in the night many times with her. And even when she was sleeping, and they always say, sleep when the baby sleeps. I mean, honestly, like, you just want to slap them (laughs) when people say that to you. But even when she slept, I was, like, on guard. I was in this, like, hyper-vigilant, anxious mode, like, making sure she was okay. Like, the new mum, like, eye open, ear open sleep like you don't sleep you just kind of rest a bit but you're always listening to those like little snuffles you know about um you know like what they're doing are they breathing all of this panic and worry that you have in your head about your baby are they okay are they in the right position are they too hot are they too cold are they you know and all of these like horrible stories that you hear about like sudden infant death syndrome all of those things just really really weighed on me and I was really like I was I was on I think hyper vigilant was this was the way to describe it and I kind of coped with that for a short amount of time I was okay for a while but the reality of that is that you can't sustain that like your body just can't cope with that and the reality of being a mum sort of kicked in for me um that this was my life I felt I felt bored as well. You know that boredom that you have with a newborn where you're just stuck at home and you're changing nappies and you're uh, just sort of feeding them all the time and you're just like, okay, well, this is my life now. And um, I was just exhausted. I was tired, I felt exhausted, I felt like I was a failure, like I was a failure. Um, And I just felt like I was a really, really useless mum and I haven't ever really sort of spoken too much about this on the podcast cuz it's still a really difficult thing to talk about I'll be completely honest with you but I'm stepping out in faith here like I really feel like God has put this on me to talk about this today and there was an occasion where there was one night and I got up about 1:30 in the morning to take Chloe downstairs to feed her, because I was trying not to wake Tim, because he was working, Um, I took her downstairs, and I remember feeling this huge sense of, what am I doing, like, why, like, I'm not a great mom. like this little girl would be so much better off without me, she doesn't need me, you know, I just feel like I'm a waste of space, why, why am I here? And I remember thinking to myself that, you know, she would feel, she would be better off without me and I was stood at the top of the stairs in our house and I was thinking in my head in that moment that if I threw myself down the stairs. I could go to hospital and I could get a break from being a mum. Like that was what was going through my head. I was just like, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so tired. I feel like I'm doing such a useless job maybe I'll just, like, threw myself down the stairs, and then I'm not gonna have to cope with all of this, um, and of course, I like, I didn't do that, I didn't do that, and, but I was sobbing, and I was crying, and it was just a really, really awful moment, and Tim got up, and he, you know, he had Chloe, and the next day, like I took myself to the doctor and I did get myself like onto some medication and I got some support and I'm so grateful for that kind of like moment because it really just made me take the steps that I needed to take to start looking after myself because I wasn't at that time like in the lead up to that moment I wasn't looking after myself I was trying to do everything I was trying to be there constantly for Chloe I was trying to not you know stress Tim out because he had work I was trying to clean I was trying to cook I just really didn't sleep I wasn't eating and that just really is not the right thing to be doing as a new mum and just not the right thing to be doing well ever uh, but not the right thing to be doing when you know that you're somebody who struggles with anxiety with depression with your mental health and honestly like if you if you sort of google stats around this it's not uncommon but we just don't talk about this and if you look I, I found a stat about how one in five women develop some sort of mental health problem during pregnancy or in the first year after childbirth and that includes like anxiety, depression, postpartum depression, all of those things, like it's so normal but we don't talk about it and I remember sitting in a mum and baby class once and just sitting there and just looking at everybody around me feeling like they had all completely got their shit together. And I knew inside me that I hadn't. I just felt like such a failure. And it's really funny now because... I have a friend who used to go to that class and I used to look at her and think, oh my gosh, she looks like she's got everything together. And I remember we were having a conversation a few years ago about it. And I was like, oh, you look like you were in so control. And she was like, I wasn't. She was like, I was screaming inside as well. But we just don't say this stuff to each other. We don't talk about it enough. We don't don't have this conversation about the hard things and we feel like we have to just struggle completely on our own and you don't. You really, really don't have to do this on your own and that's why I'm here right now putting this out there. So that if you need to hear this, you do not have to do it on your own. You are not like superhuman and it's okay to find it hard. It's normal to find it hard and it doesn't mean that you are failing. Okay. Now, the next thing that I want to talk about with regards to this, because I've mentioned a couple of words here, I've mentioned anxiety, I've mentioned depression, and I think it's important to explain the difference between the two, and I think it's important to note that the two normally come together, and I will again say to you, like I did, go and find a medical professional and reach out and get some help if you feel like you cannot cope or you are not coping on your own. If you are ever having any kind of thoughts like I did in that moment, you need to go and tell somebody, find somebody you trust, lean on them, get some support and go and take some action to look after yourself, okay? So, let's go back to this difference between anxiety and depression and again good old google sort of helped me like to get a good explanation of this so depression affects how you feel and how you act so when you're depressed you have like a number of symptoms like you feel sad you feel hopeless you lose energy in things that you used to enjoy you don't have any energy You might find yourself eating more than you used to or eating less than you used to. Sleep. Sleeping too little or too much. I know when I struggled with depression before I had Chloe, I would just spend all the time sleeping. Like, I would just go to bed, like, all day. And I just didn't wanna get out of bed and I just I just slept and slept. And I think the sleep thing is a difficult one to kind of identify if you are a new mum because we really don't get a lot of sleep anyway. Um, but another symptom could be like you might have trouble thinking or concentrating on things, which again is tricky to identify if you're a new mum and you're not getting a lot of sleep. But I think the key one is like this sense of sadness, feeling hopeless and then not having any kind of interest in the things that you used to be interested in. Now, when it comes to anxiety, to think about anxiety is like worry and fear. So it's like a worry and fear of what is going to happen. I mean, of course, worry and fear are a normal part of everyday life, but when these feelings don't go away or they're excessive, And they're impacting your daily life. These can be a real sign that you are struggling with anxiety. So you might feel like really overwhelmed by worry. And I think back to when I first had curry, I just felt like so overwhelmed of, oh my gosh, I'm in charge of this person. I've got to keep this human alive. And I was just constantly like, is she okay? Is she all right? Is she all right? Is she, is she... And my mum, bless her, she put this in such a nice way. She was like, when she used to come to stay with me, she was like, oh, um, yeah, you're a very attentive mum, aren't you? <laughs> and I think that was kind of her way of saying, But Sarah Jane, you could probably do with just calming down and she's probably okay. Um, You might feel like you're cranky or on edge all the time. I was definitely on edge. Like this, I was hyper vigilant, sweaty or shaky. Oh my gosh, I was always shaking. And you might feel like you're like out of control, that everything is out of control. And if you do recognise these, please go and talk to somebody. I've said this so many times, please go and talk to somebody. I'm not a doctor, but... I really, really, really would advise that you go and speak to somebody and get some help. So I've spoken about my story and I'll be honest with you, I found that really, really hard to talk about. I've kind of spoken about the difference and just touched on the difference between feeling, the difference between anxiety and depression, but I do think the two really, really often come together. So what can you do to take some ownership of it? What can you do for yourself? And these are the things that I did and the things that I do now to stay on top of this, to make sure that anxiety and depression do not impact my daily life. Okay, number one, which is hard to do when you have a newborn, I know, (laughs) Um, making sleep a priority your body needs sleep and it's so hard when you have a small person I really really know that but the reality of my life now even though Chloe is nearly five and she sleeps through the night I still prioritize my sleep and what that looks like for me is I don't go out a lot like I'm not in the pubs till late at night I'm not sat up 11 o'clock and 11 o'clock 12 o'clock at night watching TV like Tim and I we really do prioritise our sleep and we are in bed at half past nine every night ready to go to sleep because sleep is so important and I remember when um Curry was really young the strategy that we would do to prioritise my sleep was that I would go to bed at like seven o'clock at night and I'd go into our spare room with all the blackout blinds and my sleep mask and my earplugs and I would go into that room and Tim would stay up with Chloe until midnight and it meant that I would get about four hours of solid sleep and he would be responsible for feeding her in the evening and then he would go to bed at midnight and i would take over and get up with her at like two four whenever it was that she needed but it meant that i had like a solid block of like three and a half four hours sleep and that was one of the reasons why i did choose not to breastfeed her because i knew that i was going to need that sleep and i knew that if i didn't get that sleep i would go downhill even more than i did so prioritizing sleep finding a way To prioritize sleep as much as you possibly can. Okay, number two is daily movement. And I've put daily movement in the morning because when you wake up in the morning, your body is trying to wake itself up and you need to get your blood pumping to help the hormones to get into the right sink to make sure that you are getting like getting more away without having to dose yourself up on caffeine um, and it doesn't need to be and this is the thing we have to get out of our heads is it doesn't have to be like yeah I'm off to do like a crazy run first thing in the morning it doesn't have to look like that at all it's just about doing something that moves your body or going for a short walk or doing some yoga just something that gets your body moving number three is get up, get dressed, get washed in the morning. So do some kind of movement and then go and wash and get yourself dressed. And I do this every single day. Like I do a workout in the morning and then I get go upstairs and I go and have a shower and I get myself ready for the day. Because if you don't get washed and dressed, it really can impact your mood, can't it? And it's so easy to just kind of sit around in your pajamas all day. And, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that sometimes, but you need to be getting up and getting dressed and getting washed. And even if you're getting dressed and putting on a pair of, like you know tracksuit bottoms or yoga pants or whatever it is but you're getting up you're getting dressed you're washing yourself you're brushing your teeth and you're just saying to your body to your brain right okay now we're going to do the day so take the time give yourself the time to do that and one of the things I love to do in the morning just as a side note to this is to have a shower with some kind of like zesty shower gel or to grab, like, an orange essential oils, and what I do is I kind of, like, flick some of the oil on the tiles in our shower, and then the heat and the steam from the shower, like, evaporates that oil, and it just makes the shower smell really, really nice, and that zesty smell just sort of wakes you up and makes you feel a bit more alert. Okay, number four, eating good food. Food. I know I'm boring, but you're here. You're still listening to me. If you've been here a while, you're still listening to me. Eating good food is so important. Like the food that we eat is the fuel that our body uses it's the fuel for your body for your muscles but it's also the fuel for your brain as well and looking after your gut and what you're putting into your body is really important as well and you could even think about you know like there's an awful lot I mean there's so much information out there the link between depression and your gut health and making sure that you've got the right bacteria in your gut so you might want to think about like using like a, a supplement like a pre- and a probiotic to support your gut as well because that is going to help your mental health and go and do your research on that honestly and I have done a whole episode about gut health um, and how important it is in a previous episode and the last one number five which is quite a big one But actually, it's about building a routine, like building a schedule, having a morning routine, what do you do every morning, like my morning routine looks the same every single day, like it really, really does, even at the weekends, it looks really similar, it's getting up, it's getting dressed, it's moving my body, it's having a shower, getting washed, getting dressed, and then starting my day. So building routines, building a morning routine, building a bedtime routine. If you've got children Your kids have a bedtime routine and you should build one for yourself. What are you doing to wind down? What are you doing to help your brain slow down? Building a routine for your week as well, you know, like having activities planned so that you've got things to do, things to look forward to, so that you know that you are, I don't know, like I used to take Chloe to a certain baby group on a Friday like this singing group and I used to love it I like was so excited and used to really really look forward to that going swimming having activities planned those kind of things really really do help with your mental health because if you've got a plan and you've got somebody maybe that you're going to go and meet it makes you show up for stuff and getting out and doing these things really really does help if you're struggling with anxiety with depression and I know it's hard to get yourself out the door and do the things but you always feel so much better when you have done them okay loads of information there a lot of it to take in a lot to take on I hope this episode helped you I hoped I really really hope that me sharing my story with the way that I felt when Chloe was quite young I hope it helped you so that you don't feel so alone. If you are feeling those feelings and you are struggling, I really want you to reach out to somebody, reach out to me, go and speak to your doctor, go and get some counselling, go and get some support, whatever it is that you need, do it for yourself, do it for you. Because my friend, as a mum, when you're in great shape and you are the best version of you that you can be, your children are going to be really good too so looking after you is not selfish it's looking after them too now that being said if you are a mum and you know that you're not doing enough right now to look after yourself if you know that there are some things that you should be taking to improve your health improve your fitness to eat better to self-care more this is why you need to grab my weight loss framework because I show you how to get clear on your goal. Maybe you need to move your body more. Maybe you're a new mum and you've been out of exercise or you haven't been eating healthy. This is where the framework can help you because it shows you how to get clear on your goal and to prioritize what is important to you. The framework helps you get clear on your goal and it helps you to understand why that goal is important to you. It then takes you through the process of figuring out what it is that you have got to do to hit that goal. It helps you to find the tools and the resources that you need to take those steps to hit your goal. And then it also shows you how you can prioritize all of the things in your life to make sure that you are freeing up the time that you need to hit that goal. Now, if you're listening to this episode in real time, there is still the opportunity to go to my website, go and grab the weight loss framework at a discount by using the code April at checkout. And you also get as a bonus, you get my special cycle syncing 101 course and you are getting the accountability from our Zoom Q&A sessions. So go do something for yourself. Go and grab the framework. I'm so excited to see your transformation. I'm so excited to be able to connect with you and see you in those Zoom calls. I can't wait for you to get started. Have an amazing day. I really hope this episode has helped you. And please, as a thank you, if you could share this, pop it up in your stories or leave me a review, I would be really grateful. Thank you for listening. Hope you like it. Leave my mummy a video.